Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley. That's right, we are back, resuscitated, revitalized, and reborn. Many, many things have happened over the last year and a half. Many takes have been left out in the ether during phone calls to poor, poor, poor Jordan Moment at 2 in the morning. Many of you spared from my inane rants about the futility of the Celtics, my bewilderment with Cam Newton's inability to throw a football, and the mystery of how the MLB so blatantly fails to market possibly the most exciting player in the history of the sport. But those days are now behind us, and I'm back in front of this microphone ready to drone on as much as I please. And I hope you're all ready to welcome this humble award-winning program back into your homes. Anyhow, like I said, this is a stadium experience, and I am your host, Jake Elmsley, and I am beyond ready to dive in on anything and everything happening in the world of sports. And joining me for that is a man who has continued to grind in my absence, a man who, unlike me, is not a quitter, site president of GuyBostonSports.com, Kenny Doyle. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me on. For I'm, I'm, ha- I'm honored even to be on for the, the return, the revitalization of the stadium experience. Why don't you chose me? Yes, absolutely. Well, welcome in. I mean, you know, I just thought it was important to have some familiar faces around for um, for the reboot to bring the old-time fans back in to kind of just throw you up on the poster. I was going to have Jordan on, but honestly, I was like, no, you know, before that, I, I, I have some actual bona fide sports I need to do. And, you know, I just feel like, can't can, can you always manage... He'll talk about some sports, and we, God, do we have some sports to do. Honestly, planning out this show was kind of hard, because I'm like, well, do I just kind of act like I've been doing this consistently for the last year and a half, or do I just sit down and just talk about everything that's happened since right prior to the 2020 NFL draft? And I decided the best way around that was just to not commit to anything i we have a plan we're gonna talk about it but if anything that's just been gnawing at me for a very long time seeps through and just kind of seeps into the shell it's just what we're gonna do so with that though we are gonna start with what is an excellent launching point i believe just kind of talk about everything past and present for at least for the patriots with their season what now eight days away not nine days eight days away and that is that mac jones is going to be the starter which is interesting for me because obviously I did not want to endure any more of the Cam Newton experience. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody with, I want to say eyes, or who can hear numbers and understand what they mean, wanted. But I will say, I did get to a point with it. And I don't know if this was what I really thought, or if this was me going full on into justification mode. But I did reach this point where I'd come around to the mind that I was okay with Cam starting. Because, A, it looked, it, every indication was that that was what was going to happen. Absolutely every indication. He was getting the bulk of reps in camp. He was starting every preseason game. Every single time you asked Bill Belichick if it was a competition, he said, no, Cam's the starter. Which, I don't know about you, Kenny, but again, it, it erroneously led me to believe that that meant, huh, I guess Cam Newton's a starter. And I, and I, again, I had come around to this idea. I'd been battered into it, maybe, by the reality. That that was okay. And, that, and this is still what I want. But the number one thing that I want, or that I wanted, was for the team to not, was for, to get the indication that the team, that the Patriots, that Bill Belichick, had a, had a specific place that they wanted Mac Jones to get to. 
be that in terms of his mastery of the playbook, be that in terms of how he looked on the practice field, be that just in terms of how he was doing physically, like a certain weight they wanted him to get to, a certain physical stature, like whatever, you know, however you can quantify all of those things. I wanted to make, I wanted to know that the team was waiting for him to get to the point where they felt like he was the best equipped to succeed. Again, like whatever bar that was, he had to clear. And for that, I was okay with him not starting. Now, my anger came in at the fact that they did not have somebody better than Cam Newton in front of him to at least start and make the team seem be functional while Mac Jones got to that point. But again, I guess none of that matters now because Cam Newton is gone. Mac Jones is the starter. And I guess we'll just lead off with the biggest question of that. And that's, I guess, is was this the right move, Kenny? Well, I think that it was interesting about uh, the game, and I think this was made a big deal that, that the the opener for the, the opener, at least the, the line actually went down and went more towards the Dolphins once they named Mac Jones the starter. And I think that some of that might have something to do with the fact that one of Cam Newton's more effective games actually came against the Dolphins last year in the season opener last year. I say, I believe his that... first his first game, it was all downhill from there. Right. Well, slight uphill from the Seahawks, and then all downhill from there after the Seahawks game, pretty much. But but it was pretty much, you know, it, it was hard for, for Newton to come into a situation where, to me, you're competing with the a player who is just so superior to him in, in uh, many categories, obviously, youth being one of them uh, for the Patriots' concerns. And I, I think when you when you heard it coming out of camp, all the reports out of camp, everything suggested Mac Jones was better almost every day of practice. It seemed that that was the consistent rhetoric coming out of Patriots camp. So the fact that Jones is starting from that perspective shouldn't be all that surprising. I think that many people are quick to look at rookie quarterbacks and say, sitting them down for a year is good. Is That's a, a, a plan that a lot of NFL teams go into the season having. But it's not a plan that a lot of NFL teams go into the season and end up following through on. I think that, uh, and I did this research the other day, Jordan Love was the first quarterback who was taken in the first round to not start his entire rookie season since 20, I think 2011. I think it was been, been that long since a quarterback who was taken in the first round didn't start a single game his rookie season. So it's, and it was Jake Locker of all people. So it, it had been a while. And I think that, uh, you know, when you kind of look, look, think about that plan, it doesn't seem as as cra- crazy or as unorthodox <laughs> as it actually is. So I figured Mac Jones was going to take over at some point. It being week one was very surprising, certainly. But, you know, I think that it, 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 when you look at what he can do, his accuracy, everything like that, you would hope that the offense is going to run better than him than it did with Cam Newton, even as a rookie. I Because th- I was thinking about this the other day. That I'm sure we'll get into it later. I have my concerns that Mac Jones is going to take his lumps this season as any rookie would. He's going to make some rookie mistakes. But last year, Cam Newton was making rookie mistakes as not a rookie. So uh, that being the case, Cam Newton being the mistake-ridden quarterback that he is, I can't imagine it's going to be much worse, even with a player that's a rookie. Yeah, and I will say, well, I will say for one thing, 
I know technically this doesn't this doesn't conflict what you said, but in fairness, Patrick Mahomes also only started one game his rookie year, and I believe that was Week 17. Right. But they did. Hey, I, I, factually you, correct. You did say you did say, but I will say that 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 the, that the one outlier of like actually like sitting a guy for a year and developing him is just is just maybe the best quarterback in the NFL, which is just. Well, I mean, sure, but I, I think that th- those cases are still right. No, they are. And that, no, and I, between, you know, no, and it, I agree with that. It's just so hard to assume that you're going to sit that guy. No, and he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or something like that. You know, it's 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 difficult, and it's especially difficult because we talk about teams. We talk about this being exclusive of first round quarterbacks, and I think that you look at some of these guys that are taking the first round, and you say, well, why is this team taking them in the first round? It's probably. Because they don't have a good quarterback at all. So, yes, that guy's going to eventually start. But when you have, in the Packers' case, Aaron Rodgers in front of Jordan Love, or even in the Chiefs' case, to a lesser extent, Alex Smith in front of Patrick Mahomes, you're afforded that luxury. Many times, that rookie's going to have a hard time coming in competing with a quarterback to that level. Never, never mind Aaron Rodgers, even Alex Smith. But when you, at, in his whatever state he was in at the time that we're talking about with Kansas City, he's still a team, quarterback that can lead his team to the playoffs. But when you're competing with Cam Newton or you're coming in and competing with Tyrod Taylor, for example, it gets a little bit harder to say, yeah, this rookie we drafted in the first round isn't as good as this other yeah, guy. I was going to say, I think Tyrod, I was going to say, like Justin Herbert, and then I was also going to say, hmm, and like Baker Mayfield, and right. like... Was there a third one that Tyrod Taylor was the the presumptive starter for who got benched two, three weeks before? I don't know. I don't, I I know don't the, think – well, I know there's at least I two. He, <laughs> right. I think the Bills technically traded him before they got Josh Allen, but – Yes, no, he got benched for Nathan Peterman at one point. Right. My right. man, Nathan Peterman. But anyway, no, and I agree with that. I did, I did not want Mac Jones to sit the whole year. That is not the point of what I'm saying. Just – Whatever point, like I said, I was just, I just assumed they had a point they wanted him to get to, whatever that was, like, whatever, like, eureka moment he would have in a meeting where he finally, like, answered a question about pass coverage, and the skies opened up, and they, (laughs) and the heavens sang, and they went, ah, finally, Mac Jones is ready to play, but I guess that time is now, and I don't really prescribe hardcore to one way or the other on, like, you have to bench your rookie QB or you have to rush them in. I think as long as you can get them in in a whatever time it is you can get them in in a situation where, A, they are ready enough that they are not going to shit themselves at the first sign of trouble and break mentally, as has often happened with these QBs, but maybe none of those guys who did that were ever good to begin with. Who's ever to know? Who could ever really know? And, B, a situation... You know, unlike the one that, say, Trevor Lawrence is facing in Jacksonville or Joe Burrow was facing last year and is now facing this year, where you look at the guy and you say, like, this guy's going to get absolutely, just absolutely killed. <laughs> like, at, like those two guys are getting absolutely killed. Like, Trevor Lawrence is going to be ab- is getting absolutely ruined this year. I, st- I swear to God. Like, that Jacksonville team is not ready for him. But that is besides the point. But... Cam Newton's here. And because of all these factors, I put this out there, like, after Cam Newton got released, I really hope it wasn't the COVID thing that's the reason that Cam Newton got released. And this is not me making any, like, pro 
this, I don't know how to word this, like pro-anti-vax sentiment. I wish Cam Newton was vaccinated. I wish everybody was vaccinated. But that, so there's my stance on that if anybody's been wondering. But I hope that again, they're like, they didn't accelerate the path of Cam Newton because, I mean, excuse me, accelerate the path of Mac Jones because they hope that, you know, because they think that, you know, because the Cam Newton being anti-unvaxxed thing is horrendously inconvenient for the team and the organization at whole. But again, like he's in, so we're, we're, I'll rock with Belichick's decision-making and, uh, you know, we just, I, and assume that they think he's ready. And if he's ready, like really what is there to expect out of him this year? Because we got to set it now. Like there are going to be points when this doesn't look good. There might be like multi-game stretches where this doesn't look good. And, you know, with considering all of that, you know, was just straight up releasing Cam Newton the right thing for the team to do? Because I think so. Because I said, you know, I said this at the beginning of the, I said this when they signed Brian Hoyer specifically. And it's, it kind of sucks that I wasn't, you know, doing this for a while. So I'm really, unlike when I was doing this for years and years, and I could just say, yeah, I have all of my takes recorded. It's great. Isn't it great recording all of your takes, by the way, Kenny? Be it in tweets, writing them, you know, recording them. Because that way, like, nobody can ever be like, oh, you're just saying that now that you were saying that before. You can't prove it. And you're like, no, here's my podcast from six months ago. Anyway, I'm lacking that right now, and it kind of hurts. But anyway, I promise you, bro, at the time I said when they signed Brian Hoyer, like, Hoyer's here in case they decide to go with Mac early on. Because if you decide to go with Mac, I don't think you want to have Cam Newton around. And that's no slight at Cam Newton. Because I kind of... <laughs> I don't like I don't like piling on Cam Newton. Because outside of what he did on the field, Cam Newton was an excellent Patriot. He seemed like he did everything they wanted. Off the field, seemed like everybody liked him. He seemed like he was a great teammate. He seemed like he was a great guy. All of that. So I just, I really resist, like, throwing too much negativity Cam Newton's way when it comes to anything that was just not what he did on the football field, which was not good. But anyway, if you decide to go with, but that, that, Besides that, though, even then, like, if you decide to go with Mac early, I don't think you want to cam around because, and I don't know if you agree with this, I just feel like that, you know, even if he's not good on the field, he's still a guy who has a lot of stature. Guys still seem to really respect him for what he was at some point, what he was at his past. He was he was a team captain last year. Like, I understand if you decide to, and I want them to think this way, if you decide to go with Mac, you know, you're committing to Mac. And that means that you don't want to have a guy there just over his shoulder who, if or when it inevitably goes bad for some point, for some stretch, he has a bad spell where he's a rookie and that's just what hap- That's just what's happening. You don't A, have teammate. You don't A, have the rest of the locker room going like, oh, maybe we should go back to Cam. We're trying to win now. Why are we like, you know, letting this happen? You don't B, have the temptation for Bill Belichick to go back to him. Because honestly, Kenny, if he's around and Mac Jones, like, just has a, just comes out flat, like, I don't know, week four and five, and then as a so-so week six, I don't know if the temptation is, would it be there for Belichick to go back to him? Because Bill Belichick seems, seemed to be the last person on earth 
to accept that Cam Newton maybe wasn't a viable starter at this point. And then, you know, to a lesser extent, but it's still there. Maybe eventually, not me, not you, I assume, but some people out there saying, oh, maybe they should go for Cam. So, for all those reasons, I don't Do you agree with me? Like, do you think that the team was right to release to release Cam? So, I think that the only way that, that, that you can really justify the decision is in, in two, two aspects. Is if you put emotion into it. Like you said, you don't want the locker room to feel a, a certain way and to feel like, oh, yeah, we, we are partial to Cam. And if Mac has a bad game, you don't want that flood of news reporters and fans and everybody saying, maybe we should go back to Cam. Now, I don't know how many people would actually be saying that. No, right, exactly. It's... It's a little bit of, of something that it's a kind of a, a, a cliche argument, almost something that we just say that, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. If you have the rookie and you have the veteran behind him, eventually people are going to want you to go back to the rookie. In this specific case, I don't know people would be clamoring to go back to the veteran as much as maybe just ripping Mac Jones if he isn't playing well. But that's obviously something to be factored in as well. If you take emotion out of it, I feel like for the most part, keeping Cam Newton would have been the right decision because... It then I think it allows you to put Newton on the field in certain situations when you want to run QB power or QB draw and run those plays they did on the goal line. And to me, I'm surprised Bill Belichick didn't want to do that because he seems like the exact type of guy after everything that went on with Tom Brady and wanting to make people believe, hey, the quarterback actually doesn't matter and here's why I'm going to roll two guys out there who are two completely different players and make them into one quarterback for my team that is can is multi-dimensional. So I really believed that if the Patriots felt confident enough to roll Mac Jones out there, that that is what they would do. So from that standpoint, I'm surprised they didn't keep Cam Newton around just to do that kind of funky stuff that we thought they would do because it seemed like exactly the type of thing Bill Belichick would do considering the circumstances. The only reason, logically to get rid of Cam Newton, just from a non-emotional standpoint, to me, is the vaccination issue. And here's why. It's not so much that you should be worried about Cam Newton being uh, unavailable to you. I think that's, sure, that's a concern, but that's not the main concern. If he's your backup and he gets COVID, it's not as big of a deal if he's your starter and gets COVID. But why it would be a big deal is if he's your backup, gets COVID, and uh uh-oh, Mac Jones is a close contact because they were in the quarterback room together, they were in the quarterback meeting room, they were all together. Now all your quarterbacks are out, and guess what happens? You're rolling a wide receiver out there in week six, like the Denver Broncos. Like, that's what ends up happening, or whatever week that was. So, Uh to me, one of the reasons maybe to factor that into it is all these quarterbacks are going to be together, and maybe the Patriots are saying, we would prefer all our quarterbacks be vaccinated. At least, maybe not all our players, but at least all our quarterbacks to avoid a situation like that. I think that is, if if there's any COVID consideration for teams and around the league, it should be specifically for that reason. So you see, everything you just said there about them running out like some kind of two QB system only makes me happier that he's gone. Because again, that's the exact kind of thing I don't want Bill Belichick that's the exact kind of nonsense I don't want him to be tempted to do. Because, again, like, if they are – because I – and I I don't know. I feel like every year somebody says that somebody's going to do that kind of thing, and then it absolutely never, ever, ever, ever happens. But – except for the Saints, kind of. Who even then? Sean Payton. All the, all the credit in the world for kind of giving up on his little pet project there and actually just starting uh, an actual 
quarterback at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. So congratulations to him. If I'm a Saints fan, I'd be very relieved about that. But either way. And the COVID thing, though, like logistically, yes. Like it makes a lot – like if you if, if the guy's a backup, there's absolutely no reason to like mess around with the with the unvaccinated thing regardless of who he is as your backup. Like if he's your starter like they're dealing with in Buffalo, like they're dealing with in Minnesota, like they're dealing with in Baltimore – like they're dealing with, there's one more, but I can't remember. Oh, in Indianapolis. Then, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to take it because you're not going to cut your starting quarterback. But that part, I agree with you. But no, like I want, <laughs> I want no part of like them throwing Cam Newton in on the goal line. Like if Mac Jones is going to be like, if they're ready to move on to Mac Jones, I want it to be, I do not want them to look back because it is something else I said. At the very least, if Mac Jones is kind of bad this year, as opposed to if they put out Cam Newton and he was kind of bad this year, at least it feels like it's in service of something. It's not ideal if he's bad. But I did say this a few weeks ago. At the very least, it like the rookie QB thing is nice because it buys you, like I don't know, at least like a season and a half maybe two seasons of being able to write things off as part of the process, which I hope you, we do not see though. But no, I just, I feel like moving on from Cam Newton, if you go into Mac Jones, it's the right decision because I do buy into the emotional element of that. I do well, buy in. Not just like Bill Belichick to say, Oh yeah, this quarterback's best for us in this situation. And that quarterback's best for us in that situation. And it really doesn't matter. It's just like any other position, like he always says. And no, that's why I thought he was going to do it. Oh, absolutely. No, I believe you. No, I believe you. No, you, you said that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He might have done that. Oh, God. Thank God they got rid of him. <laughs> no, just thank God. Because I don't think he'll do anything. Like, I mean, I, you know. I, and I'm saying this now. And it seems like maybe they might have gone a little bit too far. Because I believe Mac Jones is still the only quarterback on the 53-man roster. I so, think they've brought Brian Hoyer back since then. If the, he's he's certainly on the practice squad by now. They did uh, I know he's on the Nikhil practice Harry squad. Right. They did put Nikhil Harry on IR already. So they opened up that extra roster spot. I the, Brian Hoyer is going to be uh I think that yeah, Hoyer should be uh, on the active roster. If he's not, he will be in in due time. <laughs> but which which I hope Belichick's not being spiteful. Be like, oh yeah, you got you guys want Max so bad. Well, you're gonna have him and no no other quarterbacks. Right. O- only one. Only there one. was I think there was at least a, and two to three. I, I'll say this: there was at least one practice where Jacoby Myers was the second quarterback on the team. That was uh, I don't know if he was taking reps with the second team, but no. there was at least <laughs> at least d- one practice where that was the case. I did read that thing that, he, that Mac Jones did actually just take every single rep at practice, which is good because. <laughs> Because, I guess, Galina, another question. I guess, how much of this do you think, like, how much of this do you think is planned versus how much of this is actually a reaction to what happened? I, were they, was this ever a real competition? Do you think they really, in their heart of hearts, were always planning to go to Mac? Or do you think they genuinely just got to this point, assessed it, and went, you know what, we're going with Mac? I think it was a genuine competition. I think they may have specifically Josh McDaniels may have favored one person in the, in the competition. And I I'm sure the the organization at large was hoping Mac Jones would win it, but I think they likely went into it thinking whoever the best quarterback is, will name the starter and Mac Jones was the best quarterback. So 
I, I think that the idea that, you know, that this was planned all along, that uh, Mac Jones was their starter from the day they drafted him, I don't believe that to be true. I think if Mac Jones came in and was terrible, they would have stuck with Newton. But the fact is, Jones came in and he was really, really good. And so they said, all right, he's ready. And it kind of proves what everybody thought, which was that he was one of the most NFL-ready quarterbacks in the draft, if not the most NFL-ready, maybe Trevor Lawrence and then him, just in terms of NFL readiness. And, uh, you know, that's that's proven by the fact that he's starting week one for Bill Belichick. Right, and I, and I don't even necessarily sit here and say that he, like, blew Cam Newton out of the water in camp, because I don't really buy into that. I mean, I think maybe, obviously, people want something to feel like, no, maybe he might have overstated a little bit, but, like, I think it's even if it's not a matter of he, like, head and shoulders was better than Cam Newton. He, at the very least, again, like, like almost like, because again, I almost want them to look at it, like separate Mac Jones from almost anything else going on around him and make it just a matter of like where Mac Jones is at. Yeah, like, I mean, he, lo- he looked good. Like, he did look good well, throughout the preseason. Think, look, I mean, the, I, I think that, there, there would be an argument there, and I, I would agree with you, and I think maybe people were playing it up. And I was worried people were playing it up at the beginning of training camp. But when they said Mac Jones went, I think Doug Kide reported it was 48 of 55 in that first day of joint practices against the Giants. It was 48 of 55. When you go that good, and, yeah. and I, passing <laughs> drills, I don't care. It, it was combined 7-on-7s seven and 11-on-11s. But 48 of 55 together, those two, that and you heard coming out of that that day that it was it was people were drooling over Mac Jones after that and so when when you throw that statistic at me it's hard for me to say anything other than oh yeah that is that is impressive stuff so I think in the games themselves specifically that second game like when Newton went eight for nine it seemed like okay Newton it's going to be hard to go away from the guy after it seems like you're giving him starting reps he just went eight for nine that's pretty much what you know what you would want from your quarterback it's hard to think they're going to wait for cam newton now but from everything we've heard behind the scenes it was not close and i honestly i'm i'm inclined to believe it considering the way things played out and the fact that they just cut cam newton i have to believe that that was actually the case no no i mean and that's all no i mean that's all fair like i'm just trying not to again like i'm trying not to be like the i'm trying not to pile too hard on cam newton because i guess i a i did it enough It'd be, I guess I feel a little bad, but I mean, either way, like, yes, like Mac Jones, like had a very good camp and like, I, like, I'm glad that he's the starter and I'm glad, like, I'm glad that he's along this far because obviously like that's be it now or be it a year, two, three years from now, like Mac Jones being ready and getting in there is obviously the best thing for this team. And it is probably the best thing for this team short term if he's anything akin to what he's been through camp, uh, what he was billed to be coming in. So, yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. And I guess that does kind of lead us into the next part, which I guess is just what is fair to expect out of Mac Jones this season and what is fair to just kind of expect out of the the team as a whole. Again, like, in kind of an odd situation, in kind of an odd position where early in, where during the offseason, the early parts of it, it really, they... They were acting, they were spending, they were, you know, maneuvering like a team that was trying to win now, throwing around more money than they've ever thrown around, in my memory at least, bringing a ton of players, and then building a roster that's seemingly, you know, equipped to try and win now, try and get them out of kind of the rut they got into last season, but now they're also 
starting a rookie QB. Now, a rookie QB who, again, was his whole thing coming into the draft was like, hey, like Mac Jones, like he might not be the most exciting one, but he's the most uh, pro-ready one. Look what we did in Alabama. Look at this. Look at that. But still, a rookie QB whom will have stretches where he doesn't look good, will have stretches where things are kind of squicky, but they built this big roster. They've spent all this money. They've equipped it with, they've seemingly gone on spent and equipped it with all the bells and whistles, which obviously also, you know, a lot of the time doesn't work out for teams. But nevertheless, like, I'm willing to at least, like, look past that and trust Bill Belichick and trust the Patriots' talent evaluation skills. But they've really built, you know, a much, much stronger roster than they had last year, but they've turned it over to rookie QB, which doesn't, which I can't really recall a time where anything like that, like a similar situation off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, with that in consideration, like what is fair to expect out of the team this year? You know, I think it is fair to expect them to make the playoffs, I, but I think that people are going a little too far with it. I think people are under this impression that it's a complete disgrace. It's a failure if the if the Patriots don't make the playoffs. And maybe a failure is okay, but complete disgrace. Like they, it's, it's important to remember that right now in Vegas, they actually have better odds to miss the playoffs than to make them. They're favored to miss the playoffs. So the league, and that was the case even before they cut Cam Newton. So the league at large doesn't think the Patriots are going to be in that top seven in the AFC. And I don't think it's necessarily unfair to assume that, despite the fact, yes, they went out and spent all this money, but that doesn't mean it's going to translate to the field necessarily, and they still have holes that I'm sure we're going to talk about later on. But I think that if you if you want to be fair, if they, they at least ha- they should compete. They should be in it in Week 16. They should be right in the thick of things. And I think, honestly, as far as Mac Jones is concerned... He won't have to do a lot. And we saw that a little bit in the preseason. As good as he was in the preseason, Jake, he had one touchdown pass. One touchdown. For all the hullabaloo, and I know a couple of were were dropped, or at least one was dropped, uh, maybe maybe two with Nikhil Harry as well. But for for all the, everything everybody said, all the things everybody said about Mac Jones, they really, they scored their points by running the ball. And I think that's going to be the case in the regular season. And I I think that that's going to help protect Mac Jones and maybe protect you from having a rookie quarterback is they have a great offensive line. They're going to run the ball a lot. He's not going to have to throw the ball outside the numbers very much because the strength of their passing game is going to be with those two tight ends that they have. So I think realistic expectations for Mac Jones, rookie of the year is a bit too far. I think he's mostly just going to be a game manager this year and he might show some flashes here and there and grow in seasons to come. But right now, I, I think they wanted a game manager, manager quarterback, and they got it. No, I think I kind of agree with you on, I mean, maybe not exactly specifically being the game manager or anything, but I do agree in the sense that, like, they, like there is a scenario where, like, they can win, and it's not necessarily, not not because of Mac Jones, but you looked at their season last year, and there were, you know, a few stupid little games that, like, would have made a difference in the playoff seating. That they didn't win just because, like, Cam Newton couldn't throw the ball for extended periods of time. Like, against the Dolphins last year. We're like, what, were they leading that game up until, like, the fourth quarter or whatever it was? It was like they were trading field goals. 
and then it wasn't like just I, I don't remember exactly but like that like that was a game where they just if they had any offense they were winning that game the game they played against the Texans where it was like if they had any offense they were winning that game the Chiefs even which wasn't a Cam Newton game that was a Brian Hoyer game and then later, Jarrett Sidham game, but like in that game, where what was that game going? Like deep into the third quarter, it was what, like 9 6 or something like that? Like they played as good, yeah, they played as good of defense as you possibly could against the Chiefs and still wound up losing that game because they had absolutely zero offense. So, like, I like you're right, like they're, and we said it last year, like, oh, the Patriots just get like decent game management they can still maybe go on a little run and then they just didn't get that out of cam newton but like i i do agree with the sense like it is possible for them to win even if mac jones isn't super impressive because they have added to the defense they've added pretty tremendously to the defense they've added on offense really across they've added really to everything on offense so it is possible now i will say and this is thing i kind of want to get into the History of rookie quarterbacks. History typically will point to the fact that rookie quarterbacks like won't, don't typically play particularly well. Even the ones who we look at as very impressive, usually like when you look at it as a bulk, rookie quarterbacks don't usually end up, at least statistically speaking, playing particularly impressively. Also, and this is the the number I found over the last like half a century or so. Basically, only 13 quarterbacks who have started. The number that I was given was seven games. So, sure, we'll take that. Maybe this guy won six games. Who started six games. So, I don't know. But only 13 quarterbacks who have started seven or more games made the playoffs. And that's Dan Marino, Bernie Coast. I don't care. Too long ago. Data Rocks. Roethlisberger. Then we get... Now we're getting more modern guys. But Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez, Andy Dalton, Andrew Luck, RG3, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott... And the most recent is Lamar Jackson. Mm. And by the way, that number is is too friendly, Jake. You got to help out your statistic a little bit because if you because uh, I did the, some data as well, and I can tell you that in since 2013, there have been 15 rookie quarterbacks taken in the first round who have started 10 games in the rookie season. So 15 rookies taken in the first round started at least 10 games, double digits. Fair uh. number, double, nice clean. Double-digit number. Sure, sure. None of them have had a winning record. Not one. Oh, excellent. Oh, excellent. Oh, that is helpful. But either way... Teddy Bridgewater was the best, and he went 6-6. Six and six. Now, in fairness, Teddy Bridgewater was... Six, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater's second season was a game manager to help that team make the playoffs. But anyway... And then he only lost because of Blair Walsh. But anyway... I The point I'm trying to make, right? Is I'm, 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 I'm about to make my point and then completely counter contradict my own point because I mean why do I even bring people on the show honestly Kenny I love I love setting up my own points and arguing against them but basically it's fairly rare for a rookie QB who plays a significant amount of the season to you know make the playoffs now that being said I think it's worth discussing how the and I kind of teased this a little bit earlier when I talk about Trevor Lawrence but I think it's worth discussing like how the situation that Mac Jones is in the situation he's come into with the Patriots compares to like a lot of other guys who have been drafted high. A lot of other rookies who have come into the league and been drafted high and, you know, been in the situations they've been in because just assessing it, Mac Jones is in a situation where he has 
you know, and, it's, and I don't want to just be the guy who's like, oh, well, this is what history says, but like, it's the Patriots, so I think something different is going to happen, but I'm kind of going to do that. But it's coming into a situation where A, you know, he has the best coach of all time. He has an he has a good offensive coordinator. You know, he's a however you feel about him. He has an excellent offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels. Good coaching staff, all that. Great infrastructure. You know, good you know team culture of winning, and it all did a hell of a lot for them last year. But still, they you know he's playing behind a very 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 good O line. One of the at least one of the top ten, if not higher, O lines in the league. I mean, I know. When you look at it across the board, unlike, again, you know, a guy like Trevor Lawrence who's going to get killed this year because Urban Myers is being negligent and how he's handling Trevor Lawrence. But Dak, like I said, Dak Prescott, and like I brought up, you know, this isn't the typical kind of situation that you'd bring a rookie QB into. This is a team that's built to win now. So because of that, is it, is it, not necessarily unfair to at least, I don't want to say expect, because that might even be a little too harsh, but like project this team being a playoff team. Because again, like typically when a QB gets drafted high, and I know 15 isn't particularly high, but when a QB gets drafted in the first round, they're going into a situation, unless it's one of these rare cases we talked about, like uh, like a Jordan Love, an Aaron Rodgers, a Patrick Mahomes, Guys like that where they're going in the very good situation because, you know, they had a team that was actually actually thought ahead a little bit and tried to get the QB situation straightened out a year or two in advance, Kenny, which I which seems like absolute 70 chess to me at this point. But nevertheless, you know, usually these guys who are getting drafted high, they're going to situations that suck. <laughs> like they're going into teams that were bad. They're going into teams that have a coach who is either drafting you know, who have a coach and a GM who are either drafting you to save their job, or it's going to a situation where the year was so bad that the coach and GM, the coach and whoever got fired, so now it's a new coach who nobody knows, who's either a retread or nobody knows anything about. You know, again, the roster probably usually sucks or is not great. And, yeah, they're just not going into an ideal situation. Unlike Mac Jones, who again is in a pretty, as far as situations that you can get drafted into... Feels like a pretty good one, and I want to just kind of look, compare that to some of the past, because I have a list, now I have a list up here, a different list of all the QBs, if I, I, and I saw it on Twitter, and I could not find the tweet, I only screenshotted it like an idiot, so I do not remember where this list comes from, and I feel very bad about it, but I don't know, but like a list of like, rookie QBs who have started since week one in the last, I don't know, 10, I think it's 20 years, 20 or so years, and I'm, I'll read you off the ones who had a winning record. And we'll go from worst winning record to, to best. You got you got Andy Dalton, who started with the Bengals immediately, and they went 9-7 and seven that year. And that was the start of, like, that... I don't want to talk about, like, like, the heyday of the Bengals, Kenny, but, like, that was, like, the heyday of the Bengals. That, they, at least for a little bit, had something vaguely competent going there. You had RG, you have RG3, who they went 9-6 and six with and made the playoffs, and that whole thing just fell apart because he got hurt. Kyle Orton, don't have any, don't remember. Matt Ryan, who they went 11-5 and five his rookie year. Joe Flacco, who they also went 11-5 and five his rookie year because the 08 QB class 
was, I believe, the, I believe the season directly following that is the last time that two rookies brought their teams to the playoffs. And after that, you have Andrew Luck, who the Colts were really good the year before. Then they were really bad the year without Peyton Manning. And then they picked Andrew Luck, kind of inserted him into what they, you know, and maybe my memory's a little hazy, but they basically, uh, they kind of inserted Andrew Luck into like the end of the Peyton Manning era there. So I would say that he was going into a pretty all right situation there. I mean, he had Chuck Pagano as his head coach, who I'm no lover of, but still, I mean, Bruce, I mean, I actually think Bruce Arians was the coach the first year there, but nevertheless, after that, you have Russell Wilson and then Dak Prescott, who I'd almost say that <laughs> they went 13 and three with Dak Prescott, which is absurd, but I'd almost say that the Dak Prescott situation might be the most comparable. And not just because it was a team that did the best, but that was a team that was trying to win. They had actually finally kind of broken through with the Romo thing. Not the season before, because the season before Dak Prescott was the season where they went, I believe, 4-12. and Because, like, Romo went down, like immediately and then it was like all Brandon Whedon and then Matt Castle and I went to a game that season when I was in DC by the way went to um the then known as Washington Redskins versus the Cowboys on Monday Night Football went to that game Dan Bailey won it for me and won me a fantasy game in the playoffs anyway but the year before that was like the last Romo year where they were actually okay went 12 and 4 and that was and then there was the Dez caught it game So, but still, like, it's possible to win with a rookie QB. It is possible to win when they're going into a, again, just like a half-decent situation. Again, not Joe Burrow, not Sam Darnold, not the mess that Derek Carr somehow wound up going into where he was starting over Matt Schaub. But the Raiders were an absolute train wreck and hadn't won a game in, like, a year. But, you know, like, i kind of just been rambling on for a while here, Kenny. But, I mean, like, overall, do you accept my premise that this is not, like, that the situation Mac Jones is in is not a standard situation for a rookie QB who's starting early? So maybe it's not unfair to expect a little bit more, expect it to go a little bit against the trend of, or the averages of what rookie QBs are usually able to produce in their first season. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And when I was looking at this before the show, Dak, Dak Prescott's name is one that immediately jumped out. And that's because you look at the Cowboys, you mentioned a few things there about them. They year removed from the playoffs, which is similar to the Patriots. But also, that Cowboys team, the strength of their offense was offensive line and running the ball. And I think that's where the Patriots' strength is going to come too. So it's comparable a little bit in that regard. And there are a couple of other names I'll throw at you. One, who's been thrown at a lot, Mac Jones, not, nothing groundbreaking, but Justin Herbert. And there are a lot of reasons why it's similar in the same way. Mac Jones is going to have a good tight end in Hunter Henry, like Justin Herbert. He's going to be joining a team with a, a good roster that's a year removed from the playoffs, like Justin Herbert. So I think that those two situations are going to be very comparable as well, uh, following maybe the best quarterback in franchise history, um, just a, a year or two removed, however you want to parse it out. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, following the best quarterback in franchise history with Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers. So 
I think that honestly those those situations are very comparable. Another one I'll throw at you is I think this is a lot like Mark Sanchez with the Jets. Sure. And the Jets that year were first in defense and first in rushing yards. So it would be hard to get there. It would hard hard to expect the Patriots to be first in both. But if your expectation is that Mac Jones is ultimately going to be more competent than Mark Sanchez, you might not need to be first in both. So that was it. That Jets team was a team that didn't have much in the passing game, had a good running back group with Thomas Jones and Leon Washington and Sean Green and those guys, and had a stellar defense. And the Patriots are expected to have a good running back group with James White and Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And they're expected to not have maybe the best passing threats on the outside, at least. Their tight ends should be pretty good, but those wide receivers still below league average, you would say. And their defense is expected to be stellar, especially if they can get Stephon Gilmore back. So because of those reasons, I think that it's very, very comparable to what the Jets actually had back in 2009. Jeez, I'm lo- I'm looking at it now. And um, yeah, no, Mark Sanchez um, had a 53.8% completion percentage his rookie season. Right. <laughs> Threw 12 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. And that team, in fact, did make it to the AFC Championship game. And uh, okay, so you hope that you hope that Mac Jones can be more competent than that. But the idea of the team around him, that situation is very right. similar. No, I do. I think that. And I think. Well, oh God, let's. Oh God, how far have we fallen? But nevertheless, like yeah, I like I, I said. I think that that you know, if Mac like Mac Jones is as set up to succeed as you can hope to be. As a first-round draft pick in the NFL, when you are typically, again, not going to good, <laughs> to, to at all of a good situation. So, you know, we'll see. And again, like, this this is what we said last year. You know, I want to go, this is what everybody with a little bit of optimism in their body was saying going into last season. Like, oh, like, as long as the Patriots can get, like, half-decent QB play. Out of somebody like Belichick in the defense. Oh, no. It'll be good enough for them to win. Oh, yeah. No. It'll be plenty for them. And, you know, we all saw how that panned out. So, I don't want to. And, again, it was maybe because Cam Newton was terrible. But, again, like, I don't. I think we know. We were all reminded that, like, no. Like, you still need, like, good, at least decent QB play. To win in the NFL. So they're still going to need Mac Jones to, at least I think, because I mean, obviously that Mark Sanchez thing is, is such an outlier. That is such a bizarre team in the 21st century to see. But they'll still need Mac Jones to perform to something of a productive level. And again, there will be, or, and they'll still need to cover for the situations where he, you know, where he isn't, Playing his best, and he is going through his rough patches and all that, but, yeah, like, I, you know, I think, I don't think it's unfair to predict something, so, I, and I don't know exactly what the, what the, uh, what the win total, like, what the over-under is right now for the Patriots season in Vegas, and I'm not gonna check it, and I'm still having a hard time, like, wrapping my head around how to, how exactly to project and predict win totals right now with 17 games, like, I'm still like, well, is, is saying 10? 
like I was like saying nine last year, or is that a little like it'd be like nine and a half is like it's like ten last year. I don't I don't know, but like what's like I want to say they're gonna be like a little above five hundred, but like you know like before like saying eleven when you meant was too much, but like ten also felt weird because it's double digits, but nine felt too low, but like now what is now is like saying ten or eleven like being. I don't know. What do you have the back? <laughs> yeah, it, the seventeen. It's going to take some getting used to. But I think, I think eleven and six is a fair expectations. I, I think it's a fair ceiling. I find it hard to believe, no matter what the team around them is. And I guess when you, another name we could throw in there is Ben Roethlisberger because sure, if you want to look at the ceiling of what a rookie quarterback can do. It's what Ben Roethlisberger did in his rookie season with the Steelers because that team was ridiculously good even though he was a rookie. They went they went 13-0 when he started. So I, I don't want people to get too far ahead of themselves. Right. That is, that's such a lofty expectation. But I think that 11-6 and six is, is pretty much what, what I would expect from the Patriots at their best this season going into the year. If they, if they prove me wrong, if they end up having – being at near the top of the AFC competing with the Chiefs, hey, you know what? Fantastic. I would love that. But I'm not going into the season with that expectation. I think that's unfair to Mac Jones and uh, unfair a little bit to the team at home. I don't want to say the team. I don't want to go into the team. It's, thing, we- it's I weird because team... I almost feel like it's not unfair to expect it of the team because of right. who I, they are. Yeah. Because of how and they – because of how – Bill Belichick has been rightly criticized, and right. the team has been rightly criticized for some of their moves over the last two years. So, like I said, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say because of it's almost, unfair. And almost because of how much, again, is, like how much they've been unfair to Mac Jones. It's it's weird, right? Because it almost like how much they've invested in this team. No, it's weird. It's like I want to, on one hand, I want to be like, no, like I expect, like the Patriots should like be a lot better this year. Like they shouldn't have like a second year of just like kind of fiddling around. But also, like, I almost come on to take Mac Jones and put him in a bubble and be like, it's not your fault, though, buddy. Like, it's okay. Like, grow at your own pace. No rush, all right? It's good. Nobody nobody blames you. It's it's so strange. Like, I, I want to remove the starting quarterback from that almost, which is, I don't know. And may, maybe a month in, I'll, be, I'll feel completely differently. I don't know. But, yeah, at the moment, I do almost kind of want to remove Mac Jones from that. But that's stupid. Like, that's stupid. Like, I acknowledge that that's stupid, so... I'm still kind of, like, trying to see exactly where I fall because I feel like I need to, like, feel some way, but I just, I, I, I'm I not landing on one feeling. It's just almost, it's a matter of, I think that they can. I don't think it's unrealistic to expect them, but also, if we get to the midseason and it doesn't quite look, like, as good as we wanted, like, I just, I, I don't want people to, and I mean, if Mac Jones looks like absolute, absolute dog shit then I mean maybe we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but I don't think we're gonna get there like I don't know if we get to like a point where they're three and five and we're like okay like he's flashed there's been bad spots like I don't want to sit here and be like well that means it's a complete failure that means that we should all panic that means that we should shoot (laughs) this whole team into the sun I don't want to feel that way either but I feel like this is (laughs) I feel like that comes across very indecisive but it's just I it's so tough with a rookie QB I feel like it's so tough because I feel like it, it becomes a very fluid situation. Like, your expectations have to be kind of... You have to be flexible with them. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the, the general feeling going into the season. That's what that's what it should be. I, I You know, and we talked about these these numbers with rookie quarterbacks. I think that 
they should be good. But a lot of this comes back to we just still don't know how good Mac Jones exactly is. It feels good, and it looks like it's going in the right direction. And, hey, the early returns are good, and we're hearing good things out of camp, and the preseason didn't look half bad. But at the end of the day, you don't know until he gets out there in regular season games and does it on a consistent basis. We probably won't know even for sure this year. They took Look at these teams. Like the, the, I, I, It was funny as I was looking up these numbers, that, that the parallels that, that were there. Mark Sanchez and, and Ben Roethlisberger. Look at both of those guys. So... But Roethlisberger, I don't know if you knew this, but Roethlisberger actually led the league in interceptions in his, I think his third season or his second season. His third season in the NFL, he had 18 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. So, and and the the, the Steelers went 7-8. and eight. Now, after that, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger goes on to have a great career, is going to be a Hall of Famer, likely. Uh, you know, doesn't, only wins the, the, the two Super Bowls, actually, uh, that, for the Steelers, but you know, doesn't do much in the 2010s, even even though he has the killer bees. But, you know, a good career for us. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. You look at Mark Sanchez, he's probably definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Ugh. But you look at Mark Sanchez, he had some of the same woes. You know, to the 20 interceptions of rookie season you mentioned. But he had some some good years following that that weren't terrible, touchdown interception-wise. And there were some parallels you could draw there. And the Steelers saying, or the Jets saying, well, we don't want to move off Sanchez yet because what if he turns into, what if he blossoms like Roethlisberger did? What if he gets through these rough patches and ends up blossoming? So it's this is all to say that it's probably going to take four, five, six years, at, at, at least four, to really know what you have in Mac Jones. And it's going to be a long process. That's what it always is for players coming into the NFL. So as much as... We want to know now, and we feel like, hey, we know now that this guy's going to be good. I mean, the Bears, it took the Bears 40 years to move off Trubisky. Well, I mean, that so was their fault. That, I mean, that was their fault. Well, listen, that is that is how long rookies get. Will the Patriots be different? I don't know. But typically, if you draft a rookie in the first round, you, you, it's 40 years to figure out what he is. That, and that's that's just what, what comes along with it. That's why drafting a rookie quarterback in the first round is such a big commitment and something so many teams are trepidatious to do because you, for the most part, some teams don't. So, you know, Johnny Manziel's Paxton Lynch's, they don't get four years. The, but the last least, guy, well, I, just, I, 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 had right. no, I had no place to, to fit this in, but I just want to fit it in. The, the last guy to go 15th, the last QB to go 15th overall, Dwayne Haskins. Who, right. who, by the way, Kenny, this is, I have nowhere in the show to fit this in, but I, I want to get that bit in because that bit is fun. And I hope that I just sent a chill down the spine of somebody somewhere. And then another thing I realized about Dwayne Haskins the other day that is completely irrelevant to anything. But Dwayne Haskins, Redskins, excuse me. No, they were the Redskins at the time. Redskins career lasted less time. Excuse me. Less. Lasted, excuse me, yeah, lasted less time than Alex Smith's recovery from breaking his leg. He got wow. drafted after it, and, by, and he got cut before they brought Alex Smith back in. So that's something I realized the other day. Anyway, well, go. And I will say Haskins is another example, but if you're at least half competent, if you are Mark Sanchez or Mitch Trubisky, you, they give you four years. They give you four years to blossom into something else. So with Mac Jones, it's it's going to be four years before you you know if you have a quarterback or you don't. And then it's back to the drawing board, or you got your franchise guy. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, I'm also, 
Yeah, I mean, I can also... I mean, I, I have plenty I can go on about the philosophy of team building, but that's... Whatever, that's that's so much to go down. But I know you need to go... You need to get going pretty soon, Kenny. So, yeah, I mean, it just... Is that is that it? Is that... Way, real quick, Jake, I, I want to add this note into it, too, because it's especially hard when you're a good team and you're winning because the Bears made the playoffs with Trubisky and the Jets made the playoffs with Sanchez. So there's also an inclination there to say, well, this guy isn't playing good, but we're winning. So it's harder to move off of him. And that, that could be the case with the Patriots. So we'll see. It's We're going to be in it for the long haul with Mac Jones. Yeah, no, I agree. And I guess it's like, yeah, besides that, do you have any other final thoughts here? Any other final of Mac Jones? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean for this whole show to become just to talk about Mac Jones, Joe, but I mean like, I'm not... You know, Jake, I had a I had a show that was uh, last week that I had all this stuff planned out for the same, same, literally the same exact thing, and we just ended up talking about Mac Jones. It's yeah. hard when you have this this new shiny toy at quarterback. Yeah, this is like the big. I mean, like, it's just it's the yeah. biggest thing, and it's the easiest. And honestly, again, like for me too, like not having to show, but it's like it's the easiest thing to use as a vehicle just for an introduction to like. Or like a just to kind of go over the whole Patriots thing, the last you know year and a half or so, like everything post Tom Brady is kind of. It's the first time I said Tom Brady. This whole show. You're trying not to. No, there's yeah. just so much. There's just so much. But that thing is, but like it's a vehicle for like everything. It's great. It's a great topic. Like at, well, like I know people are got bored hearing about the QB battle, but like it's like it's like everything. It encompasses everything. It's funny because it's one of the few sports topics, really, and this is going to sound crazy, but it's one of the few sports topics in my lifetime that it feels like you could literally talk all day about it. Like, and I, you know, I know Deflategate was big too, but Deflategate, especially for, I know people... Nobody you know, wanted to talk about, to talk about it. Right. Some people love to talk about it. But if, if but for me, who's, you know, not necessarily so much of a pessimist... Uh, I, it gets depressing to talk about after First a while. First two and a half so years one, I did this show, refused to even say the word deflategate. Right. So it gets, that, some people did that, but it gets, it gets depressing after a while. So, but the, this Mac Jones topic really feels like one of the first sports topics, at least Boston sports topics, that you could literally spend hours upon hours upon hours on and just never run out of material. It is, it is endless at this point in it time. Is. I'm oh, sure it's that endless. will change. It's endless. But and right now, it's it's impossible to not talk oh, about it. Oh, it branches you off into everything about the Patriots. I mean, I'm a big draft guy. It branches you off into everything about, like, QB evaluation and just, like, how to handle rookie quarterbacks. It gets you into everything. It's great. But we can really rapid fire do everything else I have really quick. Um, they, they, they don't have really good wide receivers, but it's fine because they have really good tight ends. Um, it sucks that Gilmore is not going to play. Quarter is probably going to be an issue. And they need to get a backup quarterback. That's it. That's all I got. That's right. Right. I think that, that, that you pretty much nailed it. It's <laughs> that, that, That's all there is to it. The wide receivers. Matt Judon's cool. Cornerback. Cornerback, their worst group on defense, but the defense is great. I would say trade Chase Winovich to try to uh, fill the wide receiver hole. A, a, a real quick, a trade I hypothesized about oh. possibly your buried player on your depth chart for my buried player on my depth chart, James Washington for Chase Winovich. Oh. Possibly a trade that they could look into doing. I don't know that how much interest they'd have in James Washington, but that could be something to look out for. Uh, oh, um, Nikhil Harry and, hurting and, himself is the best thing to happen to him. Right. Um, and the last thing that I'll, I'll mention about this is 
Uh, it's actually about the, the point I just made. So that sh- I, I actually had two shows, back-to-back days. And I said, all right, I, I'm going to have this recording. We're going to talk all things Patriots. Just talk Mac Jones for an hour. So I said at the end of that show, you know what? I'll go on a YouTube live stream tomorrow, guys, and I'll talk about all the other Patriots things we didn't get into. That morning, Cam Newton was cut, so I just ended up talking <laughs> about Mac Jones for another hour. So that's 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 what we're dealing with in these times. Well, it's just it's just it's the most significant thing. Like especially now that he's a starter. Like now it's like oh, it's 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 the it's not only a new dawn for the Patriots, it's a new dawn for the stadium experience. So I mean, like it just felt like such an easy thing. I'm like okay, like. Football season's around the corner. Like, now I have to bring the show back. Like, this is the easiest thing to bring the show. Like, this is a layup. And I'm like, oh, and like, if, like, I run out of fuel on Mac Jones, like, I have a whole other, like, list of Celtics topics. I guess we're not talking about that today, which is fine. I'll make you a deal. I'll tell you what, because I know you want to talk about the Celtics. Before the season... I'll, before the Celtics season, at some point, I'll come on again. We we can do the Celtics stuff. Oh my god, I can finally I could I could let out all my outrage. I have about like like it. again. It's probably good I wasn't doing shows for a while because like I said it during the intro, like it was just like me calling Jordan at like one in the morning, being like, "What the fuck is wrong with the Celtics? What is this? Why is the NBA like this? Everything's bad." Well- Hey, Jake, rain it in next time. Rain it <laughs> I got in. it. Oh, I got it. But anyway, uh, thank you for coming, Kenny. Again, he no is. No problem. He is, it. he is Kenny Doyle. The, the again. I didn't even realize this until right before the show. You are now the president at GuyBostonSports.com. Shiny new title. Shiny title. So follow him yeah, at. I got a. I got a nice little. What What are those things that that you put on the desk with the business that card? Says your name, nameplate, office, whatever. Right. Yeah. Whatever oh, you have an office. I don't actually have one. No. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't even have the nameplate, but I was just saying that for for effects. <laughs> Tiny new title. The mad. The mad. I have a Twitter bio, baby. That's the nameplates of the 21st that's, century. That, that's couldn't be more true. That's pretty profound, isn't it? But uh, yeah, follow him at Twitter at by KJ Doyle. Again, that is B Y K J D O Y L E. Also follow me on Twitter because I have tremendously less tw- Twitter followers at Jake R Elmsley. That is at Jake R E L M S L I E. Again, thank you for coming, Kenny. This has been the, uh, the first episode of the direct to streaming stadium experience reboot. This will become a weekly thing. I don't think I'm going to weekly be putting it out on Saturdays. We're going to settle on a day, probably Tuesdays or Wednesdays. But either way, again, thank you for coming, Kenny. I'll see you all next time. This has been the stadium experience. Maybe I'm going to edit in the lover's theme as I played many a times in the past. By the way, have a great day, everybody. I'm happy to be back. Please listen to the show. It's on... Do I bother plugging where it is if you're already listening to it? Probably not. Uh, But anyway, we're on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Uh, Like the show, please, so I can keep doing it. And have a good day, everybody. Goodbye.